Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of San Diego, the show of entrepreneurialism, Racia, but most importantly, tequila. Today's guest, JP De Luera of William Grant and Sons, repping Milagro Tequila, and hopefully I didn't butcher the pronunciation there, Juan Pablo, but I'm doing what I can as a dude out of Austin, Texas. I love the William Grant and Sons roster. This will be the fourth person, although I've only released two, but the fourth person, brilliant, bright personality coming out of that roster. But today we talk Milagro Tequila. We talk about the industry. We talk about brand ambassadors. But the best thing is that we have this flight. Not a lot of the shows do I get the opportunity to take a flight through the spirit that the guest is kind of representing. But this conversation is unique, and we fly through the Ordinario run the Spirit Run, a Blanco Run, and a Barrel Special edition of Milagro. And I have to tell you, they were all amazingly delicious. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great conversation with JP De Luera. history with some of these faces that at the beginning they were you know just faces without just name or no names context without a face. or anything exactly right? yeah no context so now it's it's definitely nice i they say you know pe- pe- everyone says our greatest assets are people yeah, yeah. You know, for, i think friendships uh, make are the salt and pepper of life absolutely right? your relationships are what make uh, your day-to-day love hate all of that stuff yeah. like i think you're right and yeah. do you not love that part of this industry i love it that's love my it. favorite part i mean inevitably I'm, that's essentially how you and i just yeah right came through relationships right mm-hmm. and i was actually on a flight are we recording already yeah we're good oh, we're great just- <laughs> <laughs> uh i was on a flight recently and there was this this girl that I just started chatting with mm-hmm. and she said, you know, besides working out, mm-hmm. it was just work and then work out and work. Ah. And she had a tattoo of, of a, what do you call it? Dumbbell? Yeah. Like what? a bench, a bench. Yeah. Yeah. Herb, yeah. Tattooed on her. And she said, I really don't have relationships. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean? We all need friends. Yeah, she's like, I don't understand what a friend is, and it, it was it wow. was insane because I said, was she like grotesque or something? I no, suspect no, not, no, right? No, no, she was, you know, she was, uh, she was a, a pretty girl. Yeah, um, she married, and well, that's a relationship, isn't it? That's absolutely a relationship. Yeah, but I guess maybe she didn't think of it like that. She, she was basically saying that um, she doesn't have time nor desire to meet other people. Huh. I said, what are you? You know the people you have common interests with. Right. The, you love working out. I can only imagine you've got some gym gym buddies. And has to all. be right. It, put it this way. Uh, 
I was blown away by the fact that she said she'd been living in San Antonio for a couple, like a year or two. Uh-huh. And I was kind of astounded that she didn't know some simple things about San Antonio. Right. And then I go and I'm like, have you seen the Tower of the Americas? Mm-hmm. She's like, what? The like big, a big, big building big that's building down there? That yeah. looks like the Space Needle in Seattle. She's like, I know what you're talking about in Seattle. <laughs> she knows that but and, not right down the street so her. you know as soon as she told me that i was like oh okay like i get it i get it she some people just have they get blinders on you man. know they really do. she lit she says she lived by by sea world and mm-hmm. the fact that i'm even sharing that it just blew me away how i was like the richness is like, back to what we we're talking yeah. is, is friends it's it is it's it's real experiences with other people exactly that's the thing and it's hard because i'll tell you you know Ladie and I talk, obviously, you know, we live together, get married and all that. But we talk a lot about people and we talk a lot about society as you do, especially like when it kind of gets this political season. We just wrapped making a murderer. So there's lots of stuff for us to talk about right now. And the thing is that often she has this different lens of which she looks at society. She's like, man, people, they suck. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) People do suck. But I'll tell you what's really, really heartening and something that gives me a little bit more optimism is having those real moments. Yes. Like having talking to people, there hasn't been a single person that I, that's been up here or that I went to their house and chatted with that isn't incredibly earnest, incredibly open, mm. and just warm. And maybe it's biased because everybody's in the hospitality. I don't know. But I think people are like that. You know what? I think uh, that's spot on. I I don't think we can avoid the fact that we are all in hospitality. <laughs> we have some, some ability. Yeah. And I think we are in it because of how we are. Yeah. Right? I mean, I truly believe that people in hospitality that truly are in the industry mm-hmm. are nice caring people it's a predilection towards that yeah yeah um i was in russia in my previous job a few years ago and someone asked me coming back to mexico they were like how were the russians were they super cold and yeah i said you know what maybe but the russians that i engage with mm-hmm. in in the tequila business they were just as friendly as you and me. Yeah, you know? they were. They were great. So there's something to be said about uh, the cocktail global community, right? Um, because I actually did ask the right hand guy of uh, one of the, the Mexico ambassador mm-hmm. when I, when we were in in Moscow. Uh, I said, "Well, what's your opinion? How, how, what are Russians like? If you can kind of yeah, you know, just give me be give very me. stereotypical yeah, and yeah. say." Let me uh, keep it in my notes here. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, are they quite cold and reserved? And, you know, first he said, well, imagine you lived under a blanket, a gray blanket for 10 months of the year. Yeah. How would you be? That's a good point. And it's certainly a good point. I mean, us here in South Texas in San Antonio. Oh, all it is is sunshine, right? All sunshine. You know, we might get two cloudy days. I'm like, ooh, it feels like we're stuck at seven in the morning. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I, I could... Relate. It does. It's a seasonal affective disorder, yeah. which people experience in Alaska a lot. You know, so so that's <laughs> yeah, so, so they that, do. There's yeah. last ten months. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but that makes a lot of sense. But I think ultimately, what it is, it's it's perce- perception is reality, which is good and bad. Bad mm-hmm. because my assumptions often become what the reality is yeah. in my perception, and it shapes something in a very inaccurate way. But. I think that it is fair to say that anybody in the agave spirits business mm-hmm. that isn't trying to peddle some shitty product, mm-hmm. they're pretty damn awesome people, you know? Yeah. I haven't met it like agree. Francisco for Vogue, you know, the works. I love mm-hmm. Francisco. Yeah. Judah's great. Ron Cooper, which uh, his reputation precedes him. I have personally not met him. But then, 
you know, Chris Bostick's a new guy. Like all these people are just lovely, lovely people. And it's all it's like an unspoken brotherhood and it sisterhood. Is. Dude, right? it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of agave, because this let's use this to talk about chapter one of your life. And the, well, this is an interesting narrative. I'm going to try to do this like a masterpiece theater yeah. kind of thing. Okay. But let's. So you said you've brought. It looks like you've got two different distillates. Same. Same agave mash, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One is a pot stilled distillate, and the other is a column stilled. Right. Um, so so th- this, I, you know, before we continue on to the rest of what we're tasting here with Milagro, um, I wanted to show you something that's kind of unique, and it's the, the the backbone or the structure, the skeleton yeah. of Milagro. You know how rarely. Or how rare it is that anybody gets to taste the molecules and the skeleton oh, of the tequila? Absolutely. Never happens. Ever. Absolutely. It's already blended. The, the perspective's already shaped. Like, oh, good. Yeah. I'm already getting the distiller's perspective and their creative vision in my palate. But yeah. I, tasting it at, at a fundamental basis, I, I mean, I can't wait. To, you know, this is part of a, of a program that we're going to do. I'm going to you know, go to San Antonio, Houston, or mm-hmm. Dallas, Austin, and... And sit down with friends of ours, yeah. you know, 20 people, and we, we brought some soil samples. And uh, so Milagro is uh, something that makes Milagro just different than other tequilas is whereas beautiful, uh, you know, other beautiful tequilas are double distilled in, in, in pot stills, whether yeah. copper or, or stainless steel. Right, right. Um, we do one pot still mm-hmm. distillation. So the first, uh, Ordinario, Ordinario, is... is yeah pot still okay um and then we take that ordinario and then we put it through a column so okay as we all know pot stills are very rich in capturing aromas absolutely more Uh, oils i can just look looking at the texture of the spirit i can see the texture through the bottle yeah it's incredibly oily and probably very fragrant and i love ordinarios yeah you know if this was uh, you know tequila you have to commercialize between 35 and 55 Uh abv this, we actually have a, a, a very low ordinario mm-hmm. ABV because we cut a lot, a lot of the heads and tails. Oh, do you? Okay. So this is 18% ABV. Oh, that's actually lots of cutting then. A lot of yeah. cutting. Which Absolutely. means you guys are really, you know exactly which flavors you want at yes. the heart of that run. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're cutting then, out those funkiness that you get in the puntas and the colas. That's mm-hmm. cheesy in a sense. Better for mezcal, less better for tequila. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, I mean, that's my preference. but No, so. no, no. Mine too. I, I was just thinking a little bit. Um, I think there's something to be said. I, I certainly would like for, you know, just like you, I love all agave spirits. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see some more innovation for like funkier tequilas, yeah. which, you know, the process in the plant lends itself to absolutely so it's it's strange because until you get a chance to distill it and sotol is is relatively similar in terms of the 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 flavor profiles in the areas of the run until you smell it get it on your hand all those different parts and then have to blend it to have that final vision you never truly understand the essence of that plant and tequila i guess to its credit or discredit again based on your preference it it almost neuters some of those funky flavors. Yeah, and you know that's the chicken. It you know chicken or the egg. Yeah, is it? You know, in Mexico, uh, the highest selling volume wise tequila is reposado. Uh-huh. Right. There's a lot of historical reasons for it, uh, going back to Porfirio Diaz mm-hmm. uh, and him drinking European aged spirits. So then the right. elite preference for aged spirits. Yeah. 
and therefore maybe the care for silver being this wild stallion and rough yeah. you know was it rough because people didn't care for it or because you know yeah no great point so um luckily now we all know the best tequila start with a great silver yeah right yeah. um but no, no i i completely agree uh but you know for milagro you know we're gonna taste and this is and this you. is the pot stilled ordinario this is yeah that's 18 percent abv so you can see it's a little bit cloudy yeah. lots of the lipids no i love it yeah um wow it's super <laughs> oh, oh it, my god that's amazing it's fragrant it's minerally Jesus. i i could sip on this you know and well, it's 18 so i know it's gonna be easy this is 18 percent. yeah you know this is i like a nice sake or <laughs> yeah uh, I I feel real real lucky at this moment, this, man. I w- I almost feel like the the fumes from this, how lovely they are, are seeping through this microphone. That's how vivid it is. Oh yeah, and you and know, how fragrant. Obviously, right off the, off the bat, when you go to a distillery and you are by this this ordinario, mm-hmm. that to me is when I know I'm at you know the cooked agave on the ordinario. Mm-hmm. It's when I get a little bit relaxed and you know happy to be. There in Los Altos or whatnot. Oh my gosh! Uh, but this is delicious. It's just oh, it's beyond vegetable. Uh, it's still perfectly sweet, slightly fruity. You know, mm-hmm. the the thing that's I love about this piece, and actually, you know, when we will follow, obviously with the the calm still to taste, man, it's like hearing an acoustic song, and you know that it's a bigger song than that. And so you, it's just a dude playing a guitar. It's like I an Elliot Smith song, right? Yeah. Elliot Smith song. It's like okay, I get the melody, I get the song. It's very subdued, very quiet but then you bring in that second run right and all of those flavors all of that volume all of those dynamics are condensed and concentrated to have this amazing power it turns into a an epic rock ballad at that oh point and that's the thing that i love about this particular the ordinary that first run is because it's still you're connected to the plant everything's cool you're still friends Absolutely. nothing's out of touch yet you know Absolutely. and then it then it reached this meteoric rise to bring it back. This meteoric rise in that second run. And, and, it's really lovely. And I think this is something that uh, we were talking about. You know, the whole agave community would love to taste. I mm. think, you know, starting with Ordinario is... You, I didn't know. But now I know. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing. I ne- I've never knew. Yeah. And you can tell this is the heart. That's it. Smooth sweet that's it harmonious you know funk. and and while uh, so you know my counterpart in in the east is Jaime Salas and him and I were you know big agave heads uh, certainly you know being where we are yeah um, but for a little bit we were discussing uh, you know I know we have a low ABV ordinario uh, and, and you know that's just being transparent that's you know we have a lot of cuts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then we thought about you know what? What are what are you know the people who have really like mezcal in their palate and they want the pechuga and they want the mm-hmm. funk and this, and you know we said you know what? No, at the end of the day, like this is the heart of, of what the vision was to to make. Absolutely. And, and you know I think the liquid speaks better it's, than anything I could say. It's insane. It's so, so good. It's per. I mean, there's it's perfectly not smooth in the palate sense, but smooth in the mental sense. Yes. Everything falls into place. It's perfectly. approachable. Yeah. It's sippable. We always say that smoothness is not equivalent to tasteless. That's an amazing representation of it. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're going to start tasting a few people around the, our 
lovely state of Texas. Yeah. And just in, in appreciation, I think it's only necessary to let people taste this, yeah. right? We're lucky we live in a state that there's a high intellectual interest for mm-hmm. agave spirits, and there's a enormous business interest, yeah. you know, both from consumer and trade. So it is a real big, like a big behind the scenes kind Absolutely. of thing. You know, that's what this feels like. This, on the other hand, <laughs> I'm going to take you from a walk on the beach, 18 ABV, mm-hmm. to a good night out at 75. Oh, it's 75 off the okay. ABV. ABV. So and you can just tell how much clearer it is. Too. It's completely clear. So we take a column, and it's actually, I think a lot of people outside of rum, vodka, or precisely because of what vodka may erroneously be deemed as, mm-hmm. as you know, flavorless and right. bodiless and whatnot, kind of fear the word column and I know. continuous distillation and whatnot. I can, you know, admit. Bourbon's, I, col- I mean, bourbon's often column and just yeah. continuous, you know? And it, it still has plenty of flavor, although it's not the same kind of thing in, in that it's not trying to get as much flavor from those grains as it is the barrel, but right. understandable. Right. And, it, you know, if you ever have the opportunity to visit our distillery, it's actually a very small column and kind of better. Di- small diameter-wise? Uh, both diameter and, and height. height. Yeah, because 70 is good. That's good. But it's not. It's obviously not that high. Exactly. There's no plates, probably. Or maybe plates, but... Few. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The idea is, uh, yes, it's a better piece of equipment to strip, yeah, you know, congeners and character out of spirits. Right. It also is a better tool to kind of dissect and truly get rid of what you don't want mm-hmm. and polish. And, and it turns hands. up the vo- volume of those, exactly. those flavors. It really exactly. does. Exactly. Well, let's take it. This is a 75. 75. And you can feel that ordinario come through, just mm-hmm. pop, vegetal. There's a natural heat mm-hmm. to it, but it there's unless it goes, you know, <laughs> the, the wrong way. Down, yeah, yeah there, no, it's still delicious though. It's, it's just very it, delicious. It heightens the sweetness, the flavor, mm-hmm. the vegetal, all of it. Yeah, it's really lovely. So there really aren't many tequilas out there that that do a process like this. Mm. But then again, that's the beauty of all spirits, right? Everyone, every house is different. You can do it in their home, their own way. Yeah, exactly. Well, so exactly. So I gather that so you said you've been living in Texas about three years now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, three and a half. And where are you? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? So I was born. I was born in California. Where about in La Jolla, so okay. San Diego? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My father, my mom, mom and dad are from Guadalajara. Uh huh. My it's in the blood already. <laughs> it's in the blood. My maternal side, uh-huh. my my mom's father. Uh, my abuelito Elias yes. <laughs> and my abuelita Lola, mm-hmm. they were from Los Altos of Jalisco, from Tepatitlan. Oh, no. Where, wow. uh, you know, Milagro, where we have our aging warehouse yeah. and everything, right? So, uh, And you didn't, but you, but there's no way to know at a young age any of that yet. No, you, you can't, right? When you're young, yeah. you probably don't even care. No. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this other thing. Exactly. So, yeah, my maternal side of the family is from Los Altos, from Tepa. And um, my uncle's grandparents, you know, everyone was already born in, in, in Guadalajara mm. or Jalisco. So what did they, why were you, did your parents truck to San Diego ultimately? Um, I think my father was getting away from like some business. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he was eluding something? Or yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exactly, you know, the politics of early 80s. Yeah. 
right, yeah, I don't either. And you know, I, it was funny because I just spent the holidays with an uncle down in in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, and uh, I, I I asked him, hey Theo, like, why was I born in San Diego? Or yeah, know, right. Why did my why, seems why, random? Why, why San it? Diego? Because I'd even heard my mom once say that they were considering Brazil. Oh, okay. So I could have been Brazilian. Yeah, and would be talking cachaça. <laughs> but um, so I guess there's a story. We somehow, you know, the family ended up in San Diego. Yeah, lived there till you know. I, right now, just because it's kind of a question, but otherwise, you know, I grew up in in Guadalajara up until I was eight years old, eight mm-hmm. nine years old. Then from there, moved to San Antonio. Oh, so you said, so did the family move? The whole family, yeah. yeah so Do you have any brothers or sisters? I'm the youngest of four. Youngest of four. The youngest How is of that? Four. It's awesome. It's pretty good. And you know right? what's funny? There, uh, there's a book I found. I forget the title, but essentially it was like personalities depending on what... Where you are in where, that. Where you were born, in, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I look at the... I open the book, scan the glossary, and look at Last Child, uh-huh. right? The, the chapter on... the. The baby of the siblings. Was there a picture of you in there? No, no, no. (laughs) But uh, so I open, you know, I see the page, which is towards three quarters of the book. So, Uh you know, there's three quarters that I'm jumping over. Sure. What doesn't apply to you? What does it matter? Well, you know, I open it and it says, if you're reading this chapter and you are the youngest child, chances are you skipped over the whole book and just went straight (laughs) to yourself. I was like, oh, man. I fell into this like macro vision of... (laughs) You know, people. someone knows who, you know, so yeah. people who study humans oh, it's amazing. know something about me that I don't even know. But it was, yeah. <laughs> Talking to stereotypes. So Jesus, I, I guess, I guess, although I like to think that I'm embracing and humble and caring to everyone, <laughs> I apparently. Self-centeredness yeah. might in fact be <laughs> in your blood. Exactly. So what, what, so what, what took you then to San Antonio? Um, again, we just had a summer home and my father was. I guess he just said, you know, it's a cool place to live. Yeah. I can work from wherever, you know. Oh, was he, so he was able to work remote? Yeah, he, he always had his own businesses. Oh, cool. He was in the tire industry, the tire industry. for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, so much that every time I go into Discount Tire mm-hmm. or Sam's Club and I, you know, smell the pungent aroma Does this of rubber. Does take you back? It takes me, but you know, it, you can imagine tires being stacked in towers, yeah. right? And you, if you picture that 100 rows by... 25 right we used to play running on top of all those oh, tire towers <laughs> it was common i guess for tire kids or at least maybe for tire us. kids yeah yeah when's that movie coming <laughs> out right <laughs> and um you know suddenly if, to hide you would just kind of drop in the middle of oh, a column geez. purposely right because yeah. then you could grasp on the tire can you climb out too yeah easily, okay okay they're like ladders yeah oh, imagine yeah. the tube sideways um but yeah so there, there's good fond memories of of tires in my family amazing how was it going to school in san antonio at that point san antonio was good i um it's funny i remember one of one of my best friends now mm. uh, he's actually the first friend i made when i moved to san antonio back in the day in like 91 92 wow and you know since high school we didn't see each other you know we grad i graduated in 2001 mm-hmm and up until maybe like two years ago, I'm exiting a bar, the Brooklyn night in San no Antonio. Kidding. And I see him and we're just like, hey, hey. And, you know, kind of. Like I hadn't even lost a beat. Yeah, it was good. That's great. But so, you know, uh, my my uh, 
oldest brother lives in Guadalajara still. Oh, does he? Okay. My parents live in Guadalajara. Oh, they moved back at some after you got out of yeah, you know, high school or that's that's a foggy question <laughs> because you know be be amongst moving. Some of us were moving to Guadalajara, some to San Antonio because of school, and then my yeah. father back to Mexico with the business, and I kind of lose track when it it is that we all kind of went our own ways. Yeah. But, Disbanded uh, in a sense. What's you know? that? Was yeah, it, yeah, kind of yeah. the band broke up in a way. Yeah, and and now I have you know brother in Guadalajara, sister in Mexico City, my other brother in San Jose, California. No kidding, it's awesome for now. So yeah. you graduated in two thousand one. Did you did you have that vision? Were you a pretty erudite kid? Were you scholarly? You know, uh, I was. I think I was an average B plus A minus yeah. kid. Um, I never thought I'd be going to university in in Mexico. So I, oh, so that's where you okay? Yeah, I went to university in Guadalajara. What uh, what degree? Or uh, were you business business business? Yeah, you business guys. I business guys. <laughs> We know nothing and, you know, we know everything, but <laughs> we really know nothing. You, yeah, you can speak about everything. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Taxes? Let me go get the book. That's right. <laughs> I don't remember anything. But part of it is just knowing how to find those things to answer those questions. I know, right? exactly. I have yeah. the tools to find the answers. Exactly. Um, going, to, you know, down to school in, in Mexico was great. Uh, if it wasn't for that, you know, I, I got to spend a year abroad in France. Mm. Uh so ever since then, I remember having a friend, Jean-Philippe mm -hmm. Rusique, who uh, was kind of the president of the wine club. So, and I, I, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. It was actually during that year that in one of, you know, a house party with uh, all the foreign students. Yeah. I remember this, this uh, girl goes, why don't we make cocktails? It, it, like some novel concept yeah it's like something new and it was completely new i was like cocktails yeah that that sounds very snobbish you know? like, <laughs> let's just make palomas right and that's it which is a cocktail yeah, yeah. but when you know in mexico no one knows that the concept i i don't know if the paloma has made it to the american museum of cocktails right know? right right. um it's just something you put on a table you know yeah score it just like it's like a, a Rummy chalada or something, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Just functional. Like yeah. Two thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you guys? You're like, ah, I don't know exactly. How we're gonna make cocktails. What What are you talking about? You know what? This is horrible. But it was, you know, I was nineteen, twenty. Was nineteen? I turned twenty uh, in in France. And mm. It. What kind of blew me away is that they don't use ice. At least college. Oh really? Kids, they drink everything room temperature. So and ah. even even at nightclubs, it was that's hor strange, horrible yeah. at, at the beginning. But then you just you get used to it. You get used to it. Why is that? Is I, it just preference? Is it safety? Like I don't know. I don't strange, know. Yeah. I think it's you know why tipping is different in every country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Well, there's um, a lot of. I guess there is a lot of countries where you get a glass of water and it's just still exactly. There's no water, so maybe exactly. But Ugh, I, it's I already hot enough. Jesus, it's already hot enough. You <laughs> yeah. can imagine you're in a you know nightclub and if for some reason. It was super popular, uh, vodka pom, which is vodka mm. and apple juice. That's not bad. It's yeah. not bad, but when it's room temperature. Oh, it's way worse. It's <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, they, you know, because I was, you know, because I am Mexican, they thought I knew of the tequila path. And I was like, what is this tequila path? Yeah. What is that? So they would get a tequila. And essentially, I think there's a word for English, but I didn't know this. They take like a shot glass. Mm-hmm. 
half of the shot glass is tequila. The other is a sparkling soda. Okay. You top it, you know, you enclose it with your hand and uh-huh. then you slam it against the bar twice oh, and it fizzles man. and kind of explodes and you drink it really fast. Oh, interesting. So Yeah, that's a that's a common way to get people pregnant, I think, in the <laughs> in the States, you know. I'm oh, not familiar. There's like a what is it, cement mixer, I think's one, where you you acidify or you curdle no. Baileys or something with <laughs> with with lemon juice or lime, believe me, yeah. I cannot remember. But yeah. it does that same thing. You just like smack it and then you yeah. toss it back. There's something about smacking and tossing. Right. With, with this, that time in our early 20s. You know, you know I, I I think everybody, it'd be, we all have our tequila stories. I'm I myself, think so. We all, we all had to go through a tequila story. I think so. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's nothing like this. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> like this. That I, was the, I, it I'm was the dark now, side, dark ages, yeah. you know. I'm glad we're able to sip slowly now and, yeah. and with education. Which is good. So what the studying abroad, studying business abroad then in France. Right. Did you, when did the, this kind of curiosity, because I, I think obviously you, you got a good example. Your dad owns his own business. You're going yeah. to school for business. Yeah. Was that your purview? Is that exactly what you were looking to do? Start something for yourself? You know what? Uh, I think there is information. There are statistics that say that people that live in quote-unquote third world countries mm-hmm. tend to have again this is just very yang yang black and white right right you know statistics uh tend to have more of an entrepreneurial attitude maybe almost out of necessity i know absolutely you know? because you know large companies just aren't there yeah right the the economies thrive on very small business so lots of small business loans mom and pops um so i think it's only out of necessity that you have a high index of uh, entrepreneurship Mm. and innovation in in um in different countries to me was again growing between both countries it was just always a blend of okay i like this of what you know how things are done in mexico Mm. i like this how how it's being done in in the u.s I mean, it's a good that's a good pedigree to have to see both sides of it like sometimes that, it's know? confusing <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> no you know i'm certainly it's it's i've been i've been lucky i have you know the i've been working under corporate you know under corporate positions for a while and, yeah. it, and they've been great right uh, sure. it's only thanks to tequila that i've seen lots of parts of the world and kind of seen where tequila tequila's momentum is in that country right and that you know if it if if it wasn't for tequila or for you know a phenomenal corporation under that sense mm-hmm. that allows you to visit all the co- other cultures representing yeah. your home spirit yeah empowering you getting you out there yeah. I mean, there's a sense of pride in that absolutely like that you're representing this thing you're traveling around absolutely. i do i do i am curious though did your interest for booze maybe not just tequila is that peaked when you went to france since it's such a st- steeped in that culture it would be romantic for me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no. Um, I think it just came towards... I This I can tell you. After my year abroad, uh, I really started going more to bars mm-hmm. because you could talk to people. Sure. You could exchange ideas. Just exchange uh, numbers, ideas. <laughs> right? <laughs> I certainly enjoyed dancing, yes. for example. But, but I can tell you since I was 20 until now, I've just always enjoyed the social aspect of bars. I yeah. mean, that's what pubs were, public houses. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, Connecting. So towards, maybe towards my last years of college, I started 
liking more the whole sipping Mm -hmm. um taking your time with it there really wasn't i mean just even now in mexico do we start having a cocktail culture but that you know doesn't start till maybe three four years ago Mm -hmm. really so it wasn't it wasn't till a little bit later um and i really got into the world of tequila because a friend of mine was the president of a tequila brand in, in Guadalajara. Oh, no kidding. And they were actually looking, essentially, for a pretty girl to do the distillery tours. Right. And obviously, you see that job description and, you know. Like, I don't, I'm not, not maybe a girl. I'm pretty, but I'm not a girl. No, well, neither, you know, like <laughs> XX, neither of those. Right. <laughs> so, the thought never crossed my mind. But then someone, you know, uh, this friend said, hey, Kind of gave me a slap in the face and said, mm. you are great with people. Go talk to him and apply and tell him you can be much more than just a pretty face. And sure. You can engage and welcome and be part of PR and marketing. And so that that's that's how I got into the world of tequila formally. Isn't it interesting though how those jobs have shifted to that? Oh, They've absolutely. shifted to more learning and more empowering and connecting rather than superficiality and just... Uh, operating under the guise of uh, what's sexy yeah you know it's like yeah. it was always so skin deep for a long yeah. time but now it's like we're having these conversations about tequila in a very lengthy and academic and often nerdy way but that's what people are craving now i think oh the my more, goodness the more information um yeah. i was able to spend so much time at you know distilleries and agave fields and we were talking about what is celebrity from being mm-hmm. unknown to yeah. suddenly hitting the and many many agaveros almost felt celebrity-ish among in, in their little towns That's because amazing, all man. of a sudden you have this foreign investment mm-hmm. you know person xyz that wants to start their own tequila and they get thrown a lot of money their way yeah right so it's something different it's a different economy then it's a different economy there's many who were educated and have really grown with the business mm-hmm. and there's some that um you know, kind of like many of pro baseball or football players, they go yes. bankrupt after the fourth year. They whatever. succumb to the lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's inter- that, that's an amazing parallel yeah. because I never realized, I hear the bourbon guys talking about the fact that like they've been doing this for decades, mm. but now they're kind of rock stars. And like, I don't know how to deal with that. Like yeah. they've just been operating for so long because they were later in life, you know, when they were doing this stuff. But there is that same kind of celebrity kind of support and excitement around yeah like mescaleros too oh absolutely it's it's cool it's great i think it's great yet i think we have to be careful in the sense that sometimes for example when i look at a piece of art and you know it could be hanging in you know at the tate modern in london or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's renowned and this and that sometimes you know I've, i've spoken with artists and they're like you know what someone may think they know what i was feeling under that moment of right yeah whatever I just wanted to paint roses. That's yeah. All sometimes it's just like to get it out there. That's it. And so I think the same goes. We can be as romantic as we want about spirits, and mm. absolutely they warrant it, and they are beautiful. That's otherwise we wouldn't even be talking right That's now. That's right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it people are working to feed their families, yeah. to do you know whatever it is that they their hopes and aspirations are. Uh, my only sometimes ask is even for myself is to remember that just because you know said palenquero is producing something great doesn't mean that his son wants to do it 
Yeah. You know, good point. maybe his son wants to open a music studio. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many. Yeah, I mean, the, we're always like, no, I don't want to take over the family business. Right? Exactly. How I many mean, times does his son say that? Well, All the time. you know, I'm the youngest of four with mm-hmm. three boys and none of us work with my dad. No kidding. Uh, because, you know, as he, he's a phenomenal father, couldn't ask for anything more mm-hmm. as a someone to have a work relationship with it's a little bit more complicated it's different it's different it's, it's different yeah. so i can only imagine there must be many kids of palenqueros that are like that's awesome what he's doing cool right but you know what i want to go be a lawyer or i want to go cook tamales yeah you know? <laughs> yeah right? just some something have, yeah. have your own voice have your own vision and yeah that. I, I don't know that I've ever talked about that. The celebrity of it and what those risks really do entail. Well, you know what? To me, it's it's interesting that living here in, in the U.S. And, and again, I was born in the U.S. So, yeah. you know, legally, I'm American. Blood-wise, right, right. I'm Mexican. However you want to look at it. But it's interesting to me that um, I feel that it can be a little bit dangerous. I think there's some people that kind of take this baton to... Mexico, or mm-hmm. and I could see that happening if they go to rum plantations or cachaca or places, you know, in mm-hmm. in less fortunate economic countries, and right. kind of take this baton of oh, I'm the first one here to learn about this, and I'm going to take it back, and I am the face of yeah. So, and I'm like, you know how long that has been, like in those countries, you know how many right. people, for, for example, recently someone uh, in social media said, who is your agave authority that's not related to any brand right uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they started rolling off a few names and some i agree with some i was like oh interesting you know sure great people but none there were no names from mexico right so it's almost like uh. we're just self-applauding the same people that have right. been talking and I mean, I mean if it wasn't for this influencers you know agave and mezcal and tequila right, right, wouldn't right. be where it's at in the u.s but they're pretty much always white guys let's just be yeah there's they, they are it's and that's how the europeans worked and yeah. that's why i'm here right yeah. now right yeah. because we think we're like you know what these guys these, these indians these native whatever they are these natives yeah they i know it's right for them yeah. I know how to communicate their message to everybody else. Exactly. It is a very that is a very interesting point and because I see that and it's it's what's the word? It is um zealous. There's overzealous. This loss in translation you just can't put into words. Yeah. And every time I speak with people that have similar similar roles to what I do, uh, you say like Ricardo Pico and yeah. a couple other people, there's this untangible understanding between us that it's like I just wish I mean I'm not saying I have the answers to everything, but I have, we have plenty to share. Sure. But sometimes for, you know, it's kind of like when you have a tree in front of you, but you don't want to see the forest behind it. That's right. Yeah. Um, I just think that there's even so many people with tremendous amount of knowledge in agave spirits yeah. that uh, if you want to call it, if you want to say they haven't been discovered yet, uh-huh. absolutely. But they're there. They've always been there and they're right. doing their thing in, in Mexico, right? It's hard because the infrastructure is just better in yeah. the states. Yeah, you get a louder voice, you get enough Twitter followers, enough followers on Facebook, and you can pour whatever you want down the drain, and people are going to pay attention to it. You know what? Fair enough. You know, it's you know? it's it's. But that's the system. It's, yes. I, mean, I can't I can't condemn anybody for exactly. u- using the system exactly. You know? And then you you get a European, someone of a European descent, with a relatively moderate ego and access exactly. to technology. Exactly. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? Yeah. it's exactly yeah. that, you know. But that to me is only 
if this momentum of trying to discover things even more and more, it's only good news, right? There's, mm-hmm. There is many people, I think, um, you know, I myself, I, I love Miskal and what the diversity it brings. I always tell people that agave spirits are like wine where different grapes are different varietals, mm-hmm. different agaves. There's plenty to still be discovered and learned yes. uh, just even on tequila. Sure. You know, and if it wasn't for tequila, none of us would be talking about mezcal. Exactly. Certainly wouldn't be talking about sotol, exactly. resias or any of this. Exactly. So let's, I just, <laughs> I just wrapped the column. Chapter number one. Still, <laughs> chapter one, which is an, an amazing bookmark right there. And let's enter chapter two when you mm-hmm. are going into business because I suspect that's another big chapter for you because you talked about La Venenosa, which I had no, no idea about. Um, but let's, let's do that. That'll be this chapter. Okay. All right. So uh, what, do, what, what should we taste next? We're going to taste um, both Milagro Silver, the base, kind of the iconic blue yeah. bottle that uh, hopefully many people have seen. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to taste it next to... Um, the select barrel silver. Now, notice I say select barrel silver. Many people think single barrel. Which is what we're accustomed to here. Which you we're know? accustomed yeah. to. Um, I still have the 75 proof on my palate. That's still... Oh, sorry. Pretty, no, no, like very pungent and yes. alive. You know? Well, it's good. It's like uh, we're going we're gonna to see it get produced now. It's going to go from a rough demo. Yeah. So, you kind of... The idea is that, you know, now you having tasted this kind of skeleton of of the of the tequila you see how that combines and is showcased in this yeah right uh this milagro silver is completely unaged mm-hmm. kind of the is it just rest in stainless i guess yes yeah yes um, but there really isn't much so tequila silver is you know born good yeah it's born from distillation and can be aged up to uh, two months. Sure. Okay. Which is, this is one of the differences between the core bottle mm-hmm. and the select barrel reserve bottle. Essentially, we've taken that silver and we mellow uh, in French oak. Oh, really? So you're going to have a nice hint of caramel and these kinds of things. Very right? subtle vanilla. Very yeah, it's got to be. Two, you said two months? Two months. So um, there's... It's the only class of tequila that can be aged, that has an age limit. I see. As, as a ceiling that has right, an age Right, like you ceiling. cannot exceed this. Exactly. Yeah. The rest, there's a couple of different stipulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you know, añejos and extrañejos cannot exceed 600, aging in 600 liter even containers. Oh, it doesn't really? really say barrels. Right. Interesting. So okay. you, could, it's, you could have a three-year-old reposado, yeah. five-year-old reposado, if you age tequila for set amount of years mm-hmm. uh, in a thousand liter vats. I see. Okay. So, but it doesn't make yeah sense that surface area thing and all that. It's it's very interesting. So this is eighty proof or is it this? No? Yes, this is eighty proof. Um, Milagro in Mexico is actually thirty five ABV, so mm. it's a little bit less. Yeah, it's, it's seventy proof. I can absolutely tell you that I think it's much tastier. On this side of the border. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. Forty is the bare minimum, yes. in my in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, I, I almost absolutely won't drink a bourbon. God, it sounds so snotty, but I almost won't <laughs> drink a bourbon if it's under forty-five. Sure. Just something about it. Just, it needs a little bit more balls to it sometimes, you know. So this is amazing. I'm I'm kind of smelling everything coming together, you know. Yeah. It's it's a math. I'm gonna problem. give. You, I'm gonna give you uh, both. 
both side by side. I really like having these two silver side by side so you can understand, okay, same backbone, but yeah, a little bit different finish, right? And so the same proof and everything, right? Same proof. Okay. Same Identical proof. spirit, just a couple months in French oak. You said. Right. You know, the kind of, were they new French oak? Or? Yes. Cool. New French oak. So here's the, the regular, God, man, I love the nose of this. Yeah. It's, it's bright, just, agave forward, yeah. citrus. I think they're all very sippable, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of depends on what you're eating or the cocktail that you're making. Um, so you mentioned <laughs> La Venenosa. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you know. I, well, so so you, I, to, to segue into it, sure. and that the, the brilliant, the Blanco is, is lovely. It's really, yes. really good. I can't wait to yeah. try this other one here. But so you had a knack for it, didn't you? Did you get that distillery job? You were talking about the, the, yeah, kind of yeah, the tour? Yeah. You got yes. it. Okay. Because yes. yes. we're all in suspense. We're all waiting. Well, what did he get? Yes. Did some pretty girl get it? Yes. I paid him, so I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Mexico is. That's I guess I do know. now. Yeah, Everybody no, just now. Not at all. Yeah. I I got the job. You you met you know, Stefano yeah. from Cavilla from Fortaleza not too long ago. Mm-hmm. That's how I met him back in early 2008. Do uh, you care if we say what brand it is? No, not at all. It's, it, it's part, partida. Partida, partida right? yeah, that's, yeah. that's where I started. That's Te- so cool. Tequila Partida. Um, Did you get... So you start obviously starting to understand distillation really well. You're yeah. understanding people well. Exactly. All this stuff's coming together. You're already spending some time in the bars. Yeah. You're going to know maybe what the materials are that they're working with. Cocktail culture. It is this fucking rush. This is the convergence of all of this stuff well, happening. You know? you know, it's this phenomenal spirit. It's got everything about your culture. Yeah. Or at least a big part of you know your cultural sure. identity yeah people from around the world are flying into your home right you know, you're not having to go anywhere to where meet. you are is special exactly yeah well no 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 well what i mean is they're flying to learn about something that you know you don't have to go out and oh get the convenience right? factor you mean not a convenience but well it's like you know we would go we would take a trip to bordeaux yes or, right or napa well you know tequila country is the Napa of I see Jalisco, yeah. you know? So it's a place that deserves to be visited by by people. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it it was a moment that I got to, you know, be really proud of working with a, with a great tequila, with a great spirit, with great people. Uh, and I started meeting amazing bartenders from the UK, mm. from San Francisco. And I said, you know what? This is, this is fun. It, it actually pays me. Yeah, uh, how about that? And I'm getting to meet really great people. Yeah, and the bribes only, they're only count for like 5%. Exactly. You still can make a living. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I worked at Partida Tequila. Mm-hmm. And then from one of my relationships, uh, one of my best friends in the industry who passed away not too long, maybe about two years ago, mm-hmm. Henry Besant, he was the one who then kind of recommended me to go work with Pernod Ricard in Mexico City. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, that was that was a very nice opportunity mm. living in Mexico City, which is an energetic, super cool city. Yeah. Metropolitan, a me- art cultural Amazing. mecca, right? Amazing. The Never best. been, so I'm not going to seem like I've been there, no, no. but I've heard wonderful things. Yeah. yeah. The best, po- I'm not a pozole guy, but I can tell you, <laughs> I, I would go to Mexico City and eat just get a long long layover go get it and then head back yes and it was with that position that i got to go to many countries around the world Mm. amazing place you know we were talking about kind of the attitude of many people in 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 the trade here in the u.s 
And on the other, you know, there's other countries where I remember doing a tequila training in Cuba. Now, I can't claim, you know, if I was the first person ever, second, or whatever, but I was definitely one of the very few people who have gone to Cuba to yeah. really educate on tequila. And uh, can we talk about Havana? Hell yeah. Fun? Okay, okay. So I got a bottle downstairs. Okay, perfect. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, I have two of those bottles here at home. It wasn't amazing. People wouldn't talk about it. Um, and I can tell you something, just a, a funny story. Uh, when I went to Cuba, okay, well, first point is after one of my trainings in Cuba, this mm -hmm. guy said, you know what? Thank you so much. I always thought that tequila was made out of maize, out of corn. Really? You know, so something that is obvious for us now, yeah. but tequila is still very foreign, literally very sure. foreign yeah, right. in many foreign countries. Yeah. I mean, well, ha and how would they know either? Because it's, it's consumed primarily in North America, right? Well, and let's not even go that far. That's yeah. why I have a job here in the United States to even educate consumers here. Yeah, right? true, true. So, but, you know, I, I would go to Kazakhstan and just different, different countries that, just the fact that they had any tequila was mm. mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. So, you know, kind of this humble approach by people all, all over the world and into tequila and exciting, you know, their excitement to ask you how is it made, where, et cetera, et cetera. In this mystical land so far, far well, away, right? Yeah, you know, it, so in, in Mexico, at least, whenever you tell someone, oh, that's really far, you say, no, that's that China. It's all the way to China. <laughs> well, for all those people, I forget in what country I was, they their equivalent was mexico like yeah oh, that's all the way to mexico oh, that's you know? so it's funny. super far i bet because like to, to us we we get to take it for granted right or wrong because it's right down it's a absolute drive you could drive there literally but then we were in london recently and there's signs for like go to mexico like it was this amazing far off destination but it is when it's you're right in there. europe of course well, you know me living in san antonio monterrey and mm -hmm. dallas are equidistant at least time-wise oh really i you know if i'm like I want to go on a trip. I can just as easily go to Monterrey than, yeah. than to Dallas. That's amazing. So yeah. it's, that is a very good relative point about the relativity and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Tamaulipas being a tequila producing state, it's also, I always ask people here in, in Texas, mm -hmm. you know, who I, I'm also very proud to, to be living here. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, you know tequila? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're a Texan, right? Oh, absolutely. All right. What's the state where you can produce tequila that's bordering texas on the other side blank blank right. stare yeah right but so back to uh havana club uh the commercial guy that was in charge of orchestrating uh, me going over there so the, the country manager if you mm -hmm. will mm -hmm. he in spanish it, you know very objectively he was saying our uh maestro de tequila so yeah. our, our tequila teacher if right. you will then that's how he prefaced you, right? Yeah, you know, very, very, you know, a car's a car, a horse, you know, kind of right, thing. Right, right. If I understand correctly, Maestro has a totally different meaning. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's on that bottom, like, it's Absolutely. called the Maestro. Absolutely. Yeah, so, Selecciones, I guess. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I land in, 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 in Havana, and I'm walking out, and I see these two ladies with the, the polo of Havana Club. Uh-huh. And I say, and I greet them, and, you know, they're smiling, but they look at me kind of funny. And I'm like, I'm Juan Pablo. You know, I'm so happy to be here. Uh -huh. Yada. They're like, oh, we thought you were going to be older. Uh <laughs> like 20 years <laughs> right, older. Right, right, right. And, you know, so I get in the car. And then, you know, they were super friendly. They were yeah. super nice. And they were telling me 
well, it's very nice to have you here, maestro. I'm like, and I, that something, you know, a light went off. Like, yes. There's something wrong here. Oh, no. And because um, they started telling me how their maestro roneros mm-hmm. are people that have been handpicked when they're, you know, starting at a young age. I mean, yeah. young could be 20, 21, sure, but still, 25. Sure, young, yeah. In the distillery. But they've worked at the distillery 30 years, right? Through many, you know, a lot of work. Yeah. And that's, they've earned the title Sweat, Blood, Time. Yes. Uh, I mean, just even the time factor, I can't account for. Yeah, right. And um, I told them, you know what? I'm, I'm, I do have a lot to share about tequila, but by no means, please, do you even put me on the same, same scale as these gentlemen. Because yeah. decades and decades of devoting of, their life to it. Right? right, right. So, you know, I know you know, X amount of years of little that I've seen. Yeah. I know I have the book smarts on it, mm-hmm. but I don't have the experiential. No, knowledge. not at all. And did nor, they make you leave the country? Would you yeah, keep and like, nor do I claim, but don't like for what I need to do here, what we need, you know, the brand to do here in Cuba, yeah. like we're in great position. Right. We get to some of the trainings and, you know, they have their USBG equivalent, like this oh, association okay. de cantineros de Cuba but they take this just as if it's, it's like law school. It's like, exactly right. It's super serious. Yeah, right? for sure. And that's actually ad- amazingly admirable. Yes. We, I oh wish some of these guys in the States would take that shit seriously. It, it, it was amazing. Their passion and just their craving to learn and their professionalism. So we're doing this training with bartenders from certainly all of Havana, but other parts of the country that have come into Havana. Mm-hmm. And whomever again presents me as the maestro tequilero and i'm just like mm. oh my goodness so okay you can see where this is going mm-hmm. um by the end of day five you know i just roll with it you know because i'm like well, what right. do you, you, can't, you know i can't do anything to stop them apparently exactly and they want <laughs> to give me more credit it. than i'm worth oh, all right bye. Yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely and the last dinner uh the ceo equivalent of of company over uh-huh. there and you know a lot of big wigs at sure. the last dinner very nice dinner one of them stands up and say well you know from a, like a maestro to a maestro oh we give you this bottle <laughs> and I'm like oh god first I was like awesome yes thank you and then like, like oh. oh no no you know <laughs> I was like we do have a master distiller that's right you know who god I hope he doesn't hear about <laughs> this <laughs> taking credit so yeah that's that's why uh i do i do like uh avana club very much Uh, it's a really there's something special about it yeah and not because it's hard to get but because it's delicious it is if i could get it for 10 bucks every day i would still get it you know that they actually just won a trademark here for no ricardo right yeah 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 Yeah. so so it's coming it's coming you know we'll see they got to transfer to 750s and get new label approval it'll happen i'm not sure what the timeline is Hopefully, Barack is kind of leave, paving the way so that it happens before he leaves, right? So I did just sip the barrel select, mm-hmm. and the back end of it is so creamy. Absolutely. That barrel ties it together. Like this may, you know, people, whether it's Eater or whether it's any other kind of place on the internet where people make these huge exaggerative remarks, this is one of the finest tequilas I've ever tasted. It's just so lovely and so pleasant. You know, I truly can share this with you that so 
fast forward Pernod Ricard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been with Willem Grant and Sons now longer than even Partida and Pernod combined, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been lucky and blessed to work with tequilas that I that I myself truly enjoy mm-hmm. and, and I'm happy to put my face next to. And Select Barrel, I remember the kind of one of the first times I saw it, tasted it, I thought, I thought it was delicious. But then yeah. the bottle, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be... Because the bottle's so attractive. Yeah. You think that be, people are trying to overcompensate? It's going to be the worst people. bottle for me to talk about because people will be more enthralled about the bottle than the juice. But then once they understand that the bottle is just up to par with the juice, right? then, you know... The ultimate experience. Really. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think you're right. I think there, there are, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with with the spirits that you make it look so beautiful to co- compensate or overcompensate for yeah. the spirit that's maybe lacking but the spirit is better than the bottle yes in this case yes which you wouldn't even think because it's a beautiful bottle i don't yes. even know how you guys do the etching in the middle or the, I, the, ca- the cavity well it's an agave inside right yeah um you can almost pour it as a uh, really nice wine i have so i've started uh, without any chronological sense or even order mm-hmm. uh, i've just started posting like, multiple uses for this bottle right so i'll, I'll keep yeah. olive oil in here oh yeah or i'll use it as an as a wine decanter oh that's good yeah so really nice. you know there's there's fun stuff that, that you can do absolutely um what is retail on that by the way for this one in in the state of texas average retails around 43 45 oh that's pretty reasonable though. yeah yeah for, absolutely for and that that's is. a select barrel so yeah. even the baseline is like 25 bucks. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Really, really approachable. So I, for San Antonio Cocktail Conference, did a seminar on chocolate and tequila. Oh, amazing. I love chocolate. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't like chocolate? Who doesn't like chocolate, right? Bad, bad people. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be. Um, even Donald Trump likes chocolate. Yeah. Right? He's got to. <laughs> even he's got some Although it, start, it soul, comes from Mexico. But, yeah. You know, right. Maybe just don't like, tell him. Just he's an in-the-closet chocolate lover. It's from Pennsylvania, right? right? Yeah. Yep. Sure. Sure. This one is a Lindt Intense Mint Dark Chocolate. The reason I got this is um, the Select Barrel Silver sometimes mm. has a like a really nice green note. Yeah. Uh, if you sip it just with a mint leaf, it goes nice. So I brought this so you can have some chocolate oh, amazing. Uh, and sip the tequila. Um, it's very rare. And this only recently did I start pairing silver tequilas with chocolate, right? Because usually off the bat, you would say, oh, just aged spirits, the reposados and añejos, yeah. the butterscotch notes and so forth. Again, I haven't tasted this one, but I was, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be all right. Uh, you know, hopefully yeah, it doesn't taste... chocolate ta- alone is incredible. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't taste like the... Olive Garden mint, no, or no, whatever. No, no. no, that's good. Mm. And so, what's the order you think that's best? Chocolate then tequila. Absolutely. Okay. So while it's still creamy on your palate, have a sip. And <laughs> enjoy the ride. Mm. Yeah. It's almost unfair. <laughs> how, how good that is because you get all the back of palate of mommy, you know. Yeah. And it's just like. It intensifies the already delicious base spirit. Yeah. Jesus. I, so I'll tell you, chocolate. People fainting at the seminar? or You know, having uh, the, a job where you often have to present in front of people yeah. and, and you think you know how to read people. There were very silent moments in that <laughs> seminar where I was 
asking and wanted the crowd to engage. And they just are like, they're... and you're like, am I boring them to death or right. what's going on? And so I kind of asked someone, they're like, no, like just the marrying of the chocolate and the tequila is so good. <laughs> they don't, it's, they left them speechless. Yeah. And literally, you know, uh, the first time I ever did something like this was, uh, with the guys with Annie in Houston at a shop called cacao and cardamom, beautiful mm. chocolates. Oh, wow. And she's lovely. She can explain so much about chocolates. But this second time I worked with chef Austin and John Russ out of Luke in San okay, Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what I liked is that I like to use different chocolates, different textures, mm-hmm. not only different percentage of cacao, but, um, you know, sometimes you have your truffles, but then you have your almost like chocolate abuelita, the, the Mexican powder, yeah, yeah. you know, the tablet to make the choc- the hot chocolate. So tequila, you know, many people, I tell them just very black and white silvers for appetizers, mm-hmm. ceviches, Fresh fruits like pepino and jicama with lime and yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Everything that, you know, we, we add lime and everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. um, Where's that lime chocolate at? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did pair a, essentially, the, imagine a Diablo cocktail, but uh-huh. in a chocolate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. So we, we tasted different things, but yeah. Well, I'm, now I'm sad. I'm incredibly sad <laughs> I missed it, actually. But All I right. do, you know, I'm going to say... I feel like maybe I'm getting a little private class here yeah. running through this flight, so yeah. I don't feel too, too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Well, um, so, yeah, so the chocolate is beautiful. The tequilas are beautiful. And I still, we get, so, you know, I, I think about it like as a host. I'm going to call myself a host for a second. Sure. What's the right pacing to go into chapter three, but also talk about your personal projects? Because I know there are some. We keep touching on Venonosa. You know, yeah. and I find it such an intriguing. Well, those, those were parentheses in yes. <laughs> my life. Yeah. Um, well, we all got parentheses. We all have many parentheses. We do. Yeah. Right. So what? So how about that? Do, do you want to do the repo, yeah. and then we'll we'll get into that and so, talk about? Absolutely. We're we're actually gonna skip a repo. Mm-hmm. And uh, jump into añejos. Mm. Um, simply because I don't have both repos. Otherwise, we would be at a. A tequila tasting. That's right. And I feel like I would not be able to capture the moment as, <laughs> as well. Perhaps I get off course a little bit more than normal. So añejos are kind of, it's to me, it's always been interesting that silver tequila uh, is so big in the United States in mm. the sense that you have so many whiskey drinkers. And, you know, initially you would think, okay, you have your whiskey and scotch drinkers. You need something you know an age mature tequila Mm -hmm. whose notes can relate to their palate so it's always interesting to me why silver is the biggest but this añejo is lovely uh this is where you start with your father-in-law yeah you know whoever (laughs) that or whomever has said it's been 30 years since i had tequila right ease them in exactly then you go to the blanco right Um, which one did you have the select barrel on the, it was the that class there, yeah. This is select mm. So we use for the the base Milagro Añejo X American whiskey barrels, and for the select barrel Añejo, we do a marriage of said barrels mm-hmm. with French oak. Oh man, new French oak, amazing. Again, so more than with us at Milagro, more so than talking about age statements mm-hmm. how long is your 
reposado. How long yeah. is your añejo? It's more about the personality and characteristics that you get from the types of barrel. That's right. Yeah. Right? Because well, that's what you're doing anyway. Is that's where that that you put a corn distillate isn't much on its own, but it's that barrel and how that's treated that imparts the flavor. So of course, think about starting with an advantage already. Mm-hmm. Like whiskey is like a handicap ten in golf, right? It's already it's it's not that good of a golfer. Yeah. But that as it gets along and the barrel imparts that flavor, that's what truly mm-hmm. brings it to form. But this spirit, I've tasted now every com- every component of it. Mm-hmm. I've tasted it final. I've tasted it rested. I mean, this is an amazing narrative because exactly. I can just see you're using the barrel, a seasoning salt, finishing salt. And, you, know? you know, you're talking about seasoning. I love how people say there's a seasonality of spirits. And absolutely there is. But, <laughs> you know, tequila, they say, all right, we've got to get ready for the summer season of margaritas and silver. Right. Well, right. I'll tell you what. To me, the whole year is tequila season, <laughs> right? Figuratively and religious. You know. Yes. And you're not even paid to say that. I think you really, I think you really feel that way. It's. Let me ask you, how many, for example, like colognes do you have? Right, I've got, I've got one. One. Yes. Okay, that's I've a got two. I've got two. See, that's good. I've got, you know, my summer one, which is a little bit lighter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I've got my cold one, cold one, darker, is, muskier. Exactly. Yeah. Tobacco and so forth. Right. Which obviously here in Texas we don't get to use that often. Not too much. And I'm <laughs> completely okay with that. Yeah. But that's with tequila during colder season añejo is phenomenal yeah and now that you put chocolate in the mix why would i ever leave the house right exactly <laughs> you know yeah uh, so i'm gonna pour myself some of the yeah i don't you material. have to yeah, you and we have some 86 percent dark chocolate oh nice too. a little bit bitter a little bit coffee exactly and that one is best with the barrel select añejo um or you know either what? way let's just have an experiment and you Taste it with both because okay. the base or the core añejo is a little bit drier, yeah. spicier, and the select barrel añejo is just creamy, velvety. Yeah. It's like berry white in liquid form, you know? <laughs> very white. I like it. No, it's good. His, his voice was already velvet, but right. imagine a liquid velvet. Remember that guy uh, who sang Chocolate Rain? Yeah. See that yeah. Uh huh. That. Yeah. That is that his deep voice? Yeah, it was really lush and nice. And he had a Dr. Pepper commercial. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I saw that. We were talking about, um, you know, again, not going that far. You shared with me you were in La Perla Negra. Yeah. Um, and but I can tell you, on Saturday it was great in Fort Worth. Yeah. It's places like La Perla Negra and the Usual and Thompsons in Fort Worth that are really making it a cool city. I. Truly, truly enjoy going to Fort Worth. It's they're they're super humble, uh, and they've got these little gems. Like I told mm-hmm. you, my favorite Mexican restaurant is called Revolver Taco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good, so good, and they're just people that want to learn more, yeah. right? Well, it's cool because it, Fort Worth hasn't yet made its mark in the way Houston has, Austin right. has. So much more eager and so much more so much more potential. Absolutely. You know, and this is really incredible with that 86 cacao chocolate and the añejo, the, yeah. the regular. Yeah. It just keeps going. It's like the, it just takes that chocolate and it just keeps spreading it. It's very, very delicious. This is something, you know, right before I go to bed and it's only seven o'clock here with you right yeah. now. So <laughs> <laughs> we've got a long night. So parentheses, 
Yeah, let's go over the parentheses uh, as I lick chocolate off my hand. This conversation (laughs) has had a lot of parentheses, and I keep dropping chocolates. Um, Someone will get to it, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, you know, La Venenosa, and again, we talk about these, you know, Havana Club, and because it's their bottles that you have downstairs. Yeah, I many years ago, 2008, I met Esteban Morales, great friend of mine, who had a restaurant called Gulala. And it was really way ahead of its time in Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Esteban spent some time in London, uh, and like many other Mexican friends, spent time in the cocktail world and brought it to Mexico to a place that wasn't really understood nor appreciated it. Yeah. So ahead of its time, then ahead, when did it? tremendously yeah. ahead of its time. So Gulala had really, it was the only cocktail place in the city for really? a long time. Mm-hmm. We met when I was at Partida. We became good friends because of agave, mm-hmm. because of tequila. The great unifier, the agave. Great unifier. And um, we thought of this super cool concept, an agaveria, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, you you know, today seems uh, a very, you know, a term that, is used and known, but agaveria then it was not no super new. Like, totally, yeah. even us, we were so felt super proud that no one, you know, it's a house where you celebrate all agave spirits. Yeah, and, and this is, you know, two thousand nine. There was no pastry the, war. There no, was no, the, the like world that. of difference that five six years makes, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Which so, doesn't seem like a lot. Does it seem but like in a this lot. particular? market or this particular narrative or this particular art Absolutely. that was like the renaissance well i mean put it into at least my professional context now with william granton sons and milagro having said that i've now it's the place where i've spent more time yeah. more than pernod and partida yeah uh even san antonio the cocktail scene from summer 2012 when i got here to mm. now totally different worlds apart yeah tremendously different. world class now absolutely you know the idea was to showcase agave spirits mm. right back then no one no one was talking about espadin no much less bacanora sotol yeah all that jazz um so i remember specifically looking for a name and i was just surfing the interweb the interwebs and yes. fell up obviously you know maya well and this and that and that and I remember putting down on paper different names of a possible restaurant. And we wanted to do something even much more grand that we initially did. And we came out, you know, with a concept, you know, I showed them to Esteban. Some of the names were Los Incontables, mm-hmm. Conejos, like the numerable or countless uh-huh. rabbits and this and that. And he loved it and we, we, we ran with it. We started uh, 400 Rabbits. The Agaveria. And so you're still doing uh, like the brand work at the same time? Or did you stop and, and say, I'm going to stop that for a while? And then so work on that? Um, I actually, because of me going to Pernod, uh, and, and this is same exact thing with uh, La Venenosa. Mm. We, we both started it together. But then just simply, you know, I was doing Pernod Ricard and, yeah. and going to different countries. And my time was elsewhere. Uh, so we started together, but really that is a thousand percent his project. Yeah. I mean, you know, the only relation that I have with it is that I was there. It's like to say if, you know, the doctor who births a child. That he like can copyright it or something. Yeah, that he nothing, that. yeah right? Yeah. That, that's, you could say that that's me. I was 
a nurse that was in the in the room. Right. When, but you, it seems like you were a partner of some sort, at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And in Four Hundred Rabbits, I I still am yeah. involved with with Esteban, um, which is completely cool. You know, I still have the roots back in Guadalajara. It's, it's tough not to be in Guadalajara, you know. Yeah, some some family too. Well, absolutely, but the day-to-day agave family, like the tequileros and all that, yeah. you, you do miss a lot of things that are going on mm-hmm. down there, right? And um, But so Esteban has done a phenomenal job now with... Uh, he's probably the person with the most knowledge. If anyone wants to learn Raisilla, yeah, they have to go talk to him. So what was the impetus Esteban. then for Venenosas? Is it to share something that's relatively unexplored is yeah it to own a brand like what exactly well, is you know, the- it was it was basically saying you know we were in jalisco and we loved tequila and there's this spirit that politically and socioeconomically you know destinations of origins does it's caught in limbo mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. because it's not a tequila it, right. it's not blue agave tequilana weber mm-hmm. in destination of origin it's can't be mezcal because mezcal has a different footprint in its destination right, of origin. Right, yeah. So it's an agave. It is a mezcal mm-hmm. without a commercial name, name for, it, for right. it, right? So it was to say, you know, names don't mean anything. It's like a genre, right? It's like, exactly. I'm just playing this thing and people want to try to put a name on it, but it is what it Labels. is. Labels. Yeah, right. Exactly. Was it wasn't some white European guy, was it? I don't know, potato, <laughs> potato. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So we wanted to sh- just showcase anything that you can hydrolyze, anything that you can cook, yeah, uh, extract, mm-hmm. you know, ferment, distill, distill, whatever, pull it out of the ground and do it. As, exactly. Yeah, As, I love and, that. Uh, and there's this lovely community with tons of heritage and of gentlemen that are doing these great spirits that no one was talking about them mm-hmm. and kind of it's the same narrative that tequila used to have that mezcal amongst the trade used to have that it was a poor man's spirit right. it absolutely was that everywhere you know but that doesn't mean it's not made with care exactly you know i think a lot of people misinterpret that so yeah. cool especially oh, in my experience like they were like oh man i remember so tall i remember that night it's yeah. like well, you and they forget good about the 15 beers they had before Yeah, exactly. That, right? Oh, it's very convenient. Same thing with gin, too, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, I remember that night I had with gin. It's like, eh, it's because of the 10 beers. Exactly, right. exactly. So you feel like there's this big opportunity to just sh- like have a snapshot of a culture that's kind of, they're, they're underdogs in a way. They don't have a label. You're bringing, an indie, you're bringing the indie band to the masses, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And... In Mexico, there's there's been a lot of interest, and there's people with enormous amount of knowledge in these things. Mm-hmm. Um, Ana Valenzuela, she she is a scientist, and Ana, forgive me if I <laughs> identify you in a you know, <laughs> maybe not the most right way, but she lives in Belgium, and she uh, studies agave, and she talks about sustainability mm-hmm. and what proper production should be she's this phenomenal she's one of the people that I, that you know talk going back to one of our first conversations uh-huh. she's someone that needs to be known yeah in this country amazing well she, i mean i guess i could go to belgium yeah, why not It'll take, right? i'm looking at my watch that i'm not wearing but that might take me a while yeah to hey, get, to get so, down yeah, we've got tequila to keep you entertained that's true i've got the fuel right at least at the very least um so yeah you know i'm i'm but i guess at the end of the day i'm only very thankful to have 
even if it was a moment, a very brief moment in time that I, you know, uh, I was able to be involved with right. Venenosa. But it was your which heart was, was a in the right it place. Was, it, it's a cheeky name. What is venom? What is it? It means the venomous one. Oh, like oh, is that like really poisonous? Yeah, one. the poisonous one. Because again, that stereotype that oh, that's the stuff that will that'll mess you up. Exactly. Right. So it was almost it. like no, you're gonna taste this, and the whole oh my gosh, it's gonna blind you. Whatnot. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm actually waking up, and you know, I had dinner, and I drank. I'm functional. I'm fine. Yeah. Right. So yeah, um, I've my mind is always racing. Always, I you're always thinking of ideas, aren't you? Always thinking of ideas. What do you always. do? You have, what's the next one on the tip of your tongue? Oh brother, <laughs> I've got so many daddy daycare, <laughs> daddy daycare. <laughs> so many ideas. You know, if if you know, obviously the the whole tequila spectrum and, and the nom the law and all that mm. there's still so much innovation to be made I agree. just even i understand and am fully cognizant in, in what it means to sustainability and all that you know have, being a monoculture but there's so much that can still be done with tequila oh yeah it's, it's super exciting i can't um, like uh, i got my eye on a few things to do it domestically not yeah. to do a mix though but do something yeah. that is my just you know, middle finger to the industry and not try to make it polite. Yeah. You know, and there, I've tasted one expression. Yeah. Only one. And these are beautiful. These are amazingly velvety David Bowie songs, right? These are, <laughs> they're catchy. They're <laughs> memorable. Like, that's how that, I feel about this. You but know, we need yeah. some black flag. We need like something that's a little bit rugged, more rugged. And yeah. I, I had that Fortaleza still strength. Yeah. They, there's, there's uh, funk. Franca Vida. You know, yeah. um, Texas, like much of, well, go back historically. They've found chew agave in Arizona and New Mexico. Yeah, that you know. So obviously, the people nine thousand, eight thousand years ago here in this part of the world were already using agave. Yeah. So it certainly you can grow it, but oh. now because of you know fast forward years of social development, economic right. development. Uh, the labor is one of the hindrance, oh huge God. hindrances to producing not or in theory great agave spirits in the sure. U.S. Oh yeah, yeah, it's know? a huge roadblock. I've I've had people come up to me and be like, "JP, let's do something in Texas." I'm like, "Uh, how? Yeah, you know, yeah, labor. Dude. Yes, that's right. it. No, you're, that's the cl- that's it's done. the it's the challenge. You know, that's we did it. the sotol." So I know how to harvest sotol now. I know how to cook it, how to shred it, how to ferment it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make me any closer to being a millionaire. Exactly. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh, no, this is a great idea. Like, have you ever done it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I learned. Like, <laughs> God bless. Because it's a fucking nightmare in oh, a lot yeah. of cases. Now, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything in the world. Yeah. Getting down to that second pot still run on an agave or agave-esque spirit, there is nothing in my life that could prepare me or rival that that experience how'd you find utopia yeah yeah we're talking about it well it came down the pipeline okay. a good friend of mine justin elliott heard from somebody that there was a field of these plants they didn't know exactly what to do with them they didn't really know what sotol was they had the yeah. lame the harebrained idea that you could turn a spirit or rather you could turn these plants into a spirit lo and behold 10 months later i've read everything i can i went to yeah. oaxaca to learn with dacalino not for very long but taking yeah. these things asking all the questions 
it still doesn't prepare you for all the mistakes. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, I'll, I'll say it here, that relationship turned out to be a nightmare and my supplier really overreached his boundaries mm. and thus we're left with our dick in our hands right now yeah. about finding a new supplier. But the good thing is anything we learned about cooking these plants, yeah, distilling them, I now taste it. Yeah. I taste it in mezcal. I taste it in the tequila, that Fortaleza specifically. Mm. And I will, I can't revert now. You know I'm what? a changed man. Uh, Fortaleza is certainly one of my favorite tequilas. Yeah. Um, and I still have bottles of it called, you know, Los Abuelos, completely uh-huh. sealed, not unopened. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and Guillermo, <laughs> this, wow. Guillermo and I, I don't know if Guillermo remembers this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Fortaleza. We met, can you believe this? We met at a P.F. Chang's. <laughs> <laughs> in That's where all beautiful relationships yeah, start. in Guadalajara. Um, I think this was before, this was right before I joined Pernod Ricard and I was looking for, uh, you know, different things here and mm. there. And we sat down and we called each other i don't i don't know how we got in touch yeah um but the point is that it was just crazy out of all the places in guadalajara to meet out of great places in guadalajara yes to have met but i think that that is the reason i remember it because it was yeah. it's like meeting at mcdonald's i know yeah. well those lettuce wraps are good though we, that yeah. man, i'll tell you I love hey it. those dry rub yes <laughs> yeah dry rub ribs are pretty good they're real good people um, talk shit about it but eh, you know no but Gosh, you know, tequila, it's been because of tequila that, you know, even as easy as this, you and I were chatting because of tequila. Right. Because of tequila. Um, I've been just lucky, you know, to have been to many countries. And here in the U.S., uh, to me, it's quite cool that I've been to all the states in the South. Amazing. From Atlantic to Pacific. Yeah. You know, which is super cool. Sure. And it's really only to thank tequila for it. And... Uh, you know, working with a portfolio where we have things like Montelobos mm-hmm. and Ancho Reyes, it's just it's just fun. You know, yeah. if if you're if you don't enjoy what you're doing, I mean, I, we all say that, but I think in hospitality, more often than not, we are lucky that we enjoy what we do. Yeah, right. It's abs- I mean, it's a wonderful opportunity. I don't know anyone, any for example, any serious bartender. That doesn't enjoy. I mean, the reason he's there is because he enjoys. Sure, you have to. You know, and I think maybe there's better job satisfaction in this industry than other industries, and I certainly hope so. You know, absolutely. And so I got one one last question for you as yeah. we, we finalize. And I've I've been eating the chocolate secretly off yeah. my, yeah. <laughs> but it paired so perfectly the eighty six percent cacao mm-hmm. dark chocolate, just slightly better mm-hmm. with the barrel select and yeho. That's right. Basically finished with finished in some bar- some bourbon barrels. You said whiskey. I presume bourbon, but you didn't mention mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. then some new French. French oak. So you got creaminess, you got depth, and it's chocolate, is, banana, butterscotch. Still a lot of cooked agave. Yeah, it's the best yeah. way to win over your father-in-law, like you said. <laughs> or realize he doesn't like it, and you get to keep the bottle. To That's yourself. right. So thanks for buying it. Exactly. <laughs> but so I and I'm gonna assume, but. You're married. Yeah. And you're traveling a whole, whole lot. I mean, is she, what's, what are her thoughts on it? That's, it's just always been like that. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, uh, when I was in Partida, I would always go to 
Cabo, mm. Cancun, and Puerto Vallarta, just everywhere. Yeah. And so well, there's a little business justification too. You're not just going to go. It's, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's it's been amazing. Yeah. It's been amazing. It's two thousand eight years now. That you know, this 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 role. No, oh, the role. Really, the role. Five, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been good. It's been good. You know, it's it's allowed us some cool cool things, yeah. cool experiences. I can tell. It's yeah. been, I'm, I'm envious of all the places you've been, man. I'm, I'm taking. A, I'm making a but list. But you know over here. how you and I we started the conversation essentially that hopefully, yeah, this is the first half of the game. right? That's right. Yeah. That uh, I don't know when. When did Hemingway die? Do you remember? Like I don't know if this is 50s or 60s. But uh, if I make it to that point, I'm, I'm all someone right. Someone told me that him and Tupac and Elvis are playing a game of dominoes right now somewhere. I so. bet so. <laughs> over classic Cuban daiquiris. I, yeah. I presume. Yeah. So. Man, Jesus, thank you so much for walking me through this flight. It's been an additive, like an additive process. It's been so yeah. amazing to taste an 18% pot stilled ordinario blended with a 75% column stilled. I mean, yeah. that blended, then I get to taste it in the raw form. I get to taste it in two months treated with French oak. Then I get to taste it with the anejo, with yeah. bourbon. I mean, yeah. uh, what the? where do I go from here? Where the um, hell do I go, JP? Uh, I guess we go eat... Uh, <laughs> pozole. We go to Pozole. We go to Mexico City. We get on Southwest.com and get out of here. You know, I, I may have some miles, man. We'll have, we'll have to look into it. It's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you for your your generosity and your hospitality. Just in my place. Thank you for too. having me. It's been it's been great. So, salud. Salud. Thank you. Well, there we have it, a brilliant flight through the Milagro tequila line. I got to try some things, and I feel very honored. I feel very privileged trying the Ordinario run from a tequila distillery. I don't know. I haven't seen that happen very often. I've never seen a bottle of it in my presence. It's similarly, trying that spirit run at a full 60-plus percent ABV. It was an exploration of tequila, a wonderful narrative through the tequilas as we discussed JP's life. You know, every time he comes into town, he's the guy you want to drink with. He's the guy you want to hang out with and talk to. Warm, cordial, and yet an absolute reflection, again, of the roster of William Grant and Sons lineup. Those brand ambassadors, you know, sometimes we talk some shit. Sometimes we think they're less than savory personalities, but these guys are great, and I am building up this roster of one interview at a time. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V. No matter what kind of honey pretzels you're eating from HEB or if they cause you to choke while you're trying to do an intro to your own podcast, please keep dancing. Keep dancing.